0: Welcome back to the AMKISS podcast, brought to you by the Bonjour Agency. This is the podcast to find out more about the people behind AMKISS as we hear from member schools and the AMKISS board themselves. And in this episode, we're hearing from David Milner from Sedba School. David is the school's director of marketing and international relations, but he's also vice chair at AMKISS, which puts him in a fantastic place to talk about AMKISS from the point of view as a board member as well as a marketing director. We're about to discover what David was doing before working at Sedba, how he sometimes answers the phone at 3am with his international recruitment hat on, and even what business he started when he was 14 years old. I don't think you'll guess what that was either. But naturally, we also get to hear how David feels about the annual conference in May and why he's looking forward to it, along with why it's perfect for people who've never been before. So let's jump into this episode right now with David Milner, Vice Chair at Amkis and Director at SEDBA. David, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the
1: podcast. How are you doing today? I'm really well, Simon. And thank you for having me on this, on one of your podcasts. It's, it's great to be involved. A busy day, really busy day as always at CEDBA school, working on our exciting plans for the International Summer School in July and August. But things are looking really, really good. So exciting times.
0: Now you say it's a busy day. I think most of the marketing people that are listening to this right now, marketing and, and admissions people, they'll probably think every day is busy for anyone that's involved in marketing and, and admissions. Is it always just as busy for you?
1: It is. It does it doesn't stop. I must say it, it feels sometimes like a 24/7 operation. Dealing with admissions, dealing with marketing with with uh, different markets from all around the world. One minute you could be talking to someone in the UK or in in France or in Germany, and then your phone may ring at three or four o'clock in the morning and it'd be a prospective family or or an agent calling from China. So it is, it's a busy time and no day is really quiet, but what is fantastic is every day is different. Mm. Uh, And I think that's something that's quite special within the education sector.
0: So how do you handle it then when someone does call you at three o'clock in the morning? (laughs) Yeah, good
1: question. Fortunately, that's very rarely a video call, so it's all right to just pick up and have an audio conversation with them. I, I do think it's important to actually answer these calls. Obviously, there's sometimes when I am on holiday, I, I will, I will have it actually switched off or, or set as busy, so calls won't come through. But agents these days and also parents, they want answers straight away, and it, it's important, certainly from those markets, and as things become even more competitive. To actually look at how that parent, look at how that agent may be feeling, to make it easier for them. Mm. And if it is, if it does mean taking a phone call early hours of the morning, then then that's not a problem. But also, a lot of events that happen, like Chinese Hong Kong based events, they will start very early in the morning, so you kind of get used to it. But they are your your video sort of webinars, where at least the, the minimum you can get away with is top off blazer and shirt and tie. But yeah. So tell me then
0: how you manage that balance between downtime and work time because I'm just thinking that people might be listening to this thinking gosh you know I I need to be able to switch off in the evenings I need to be able to put my phone on airplane mode when I get to seven o'clock I'm at home or at least when I go to sleep how do you get that balance right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's a strange one.'ve I've got quite a few commitments um, outside of work. So not just Sedba school, I'm also vice chair of Amcus. I've just actually become a governor at, a, at another school in the north of England. So I do have a lot of other commitments which I have to also prioritize when 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 I need to. However, I think it's slightly different in my position because I like many others, I really really love my job. So on an evening, me looking at emails, me designing a brochure. I don't see it as work. It's something that I thoroughly enjoy. I support startup businesses. I do a lot of design work for them. I've got my own personal interests as well in business and in housing development and so on. So I do balance an awful lot, but because I really love my job, really love working in in the education sector, I kind of don't see it as work, certainly on, a, on an evening. Hmm. But I do have plenty of time on weekends when I'm I'm walking the fells with my partner. She understands how busy I am because she's a head teacher herself, so she has uh, huge demands, and we live separate. We live separately as well, which I think kind of makes it that little bit easier to get away with working on an evening.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure that you're right. I'm sure that you're right. Okay, let's jump back in time a little bit. I'd love to understand a bit about where you went to school. Unless I'm mistaken, I'm picking up a bit of a Geordie accent there.
1: Yes. Yeah, you're correct. So I went to a state school in, in Gateshead. So I'm, a, I'm originally from the, the northeast of England and then went to university at Northumbria University, the business school there, did a degree in business with marketing. And after that, that was the challenging time for everyone. I think it's, well, what do I do next? I had my own business when I was 14, but I didn't have the work experience in terms of working for someone else. So I actually had to go out and seek work experience to try and Im- improve my employability skills more than anything else. And I ended up working voluntary at a, at a college in the, in the northeast of England, supported by the head of marketing there, promoting the college, which was a, a great, great step. for Me and, and my boss at the time, I'm still very close to and can only thank her for everything, all the skills that I developed under her, her watch. But that was eight months working for nothing apart from a bus pass. That's that's all they paid me. My my bus pass to get there, mm. and that was it. From that, I then moved to Newcastle University to lead their careers department. Uh, sorry, not lead it. Work work under uh, my manager at the time in terms of promoting career services within Newcastle University, and I was there j- just over a year. A marketing manager's job came up in the independent school sector which was my first real step into independent the independent market and independent education and it's strange how that job all came about to be honest because I wasn't actually actively looking for a new role it was a Friday night visit to my grandma's like I always used to on a Friday evening and she pulled out the the local newspaper and said to me oh is that not what you do? They seem to be paying a lot more than what you're currently on. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but I haven't really got the experience. I've only I've only really been out of university a year and a bit. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Well, you should apply. You should you should apply for it." So, I did. And lo and behold, I I got the job and I've never looked back since entering that that sector, moving on from from that particular school which was just a day school. The deputy head there at the time then became headmaster. At a Dayan boarding school in Cumbria mm-hmm. and asked me to move over and whether I'd be happy leading the marketing at his at his new school, which obviously I jumped at that offer. And it was a challenging time. Unfortunately, that school did actually end up closing. The the market was was very, very tough and it it was a huge step. We increased numbers, but we all know bums on seats doesn't mean that the school's financially viable. So we had to make some some changes there. And I then moved up to Scotland to work at an all-girls school in Scotland for two and a half years. But prior to moving there, I already was made aware of Sedba. I already knew Sedba quite well. And I always knew it was a school that I really ended up wanting to be at. And whilst I was in Scotland, I was offered a a role to support BMW with their marketing. And it was something I really had to sit down and consider Mm. because it was an exciting opportunity. But at the end of the day, the education sector had me trapped i uh, i loved it so much i thought you know what i can't step away from this mm. and fortunately the the job came up at Sedbergh school and i originally arrived as international marketing manager leading all of the international recruitment and, and overseas sort of marketing trips but now i'm director of marketing and international relations so looking at the the whole school and working very closely with our commercial teams within Sedbergh as well so It's been quite a, quite a, I would say a, a longish career, I suppose, so far in the international, in the independent sector. I've been over 10 years, but I just absolutely love it. It's, it's an amazing, it's amazing sector to be in the networking opportunities, the people you meet Mm. at all of these events and, and the amount of doors that are opened, to be honest. And I think the other commitments that I've certainly taken on with AMCUS and governor's roles and things like that, it's that's very much about me just wanting to give something back because i've managed to to get so much from this sector i think it's time to to give something back
0: now some schools of course are city centre schools and some are in towns in the uk and some are very rural describe to mm. us the setting that sedbergh is in
1: yeah so at first glance if i was to to take you outside right now outside my office you'd be staring at the fells and it would appear as though we are in the middle of nowhere we are mm. 360 degree views of the the fells, stunning, stunning environment. And actually, I'm looking out the window right now, and it's sunny, which does happen in Cumbria. It does. Mm, it, wow. The sun does shine every now Gosh, and again. One of those days, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But people do describe it as rural, and that that's a great thing for some people, but obviously some of the international markets are going to be slightly more challenging. However... Being classed as rural, we we are actually fairly accessible. So we're only 10, 15 minute drive to the M6, which is then obviously, as you know, connects the 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 south to the north. But also we're only an hour and a half from Manchester Airport. We've got a train in Oxenholm right in the heart of the Lake District, which gets us to directly into London within two and a half hours. So you can find me in London two or three times a month uh, for meetings. So it's it's actually really, really accessible. And I think Because of COVID as well, we've seen more and more people relocate to more rural areas, Mm. um, and those trains those commuting trains into London are getting so much busier as well, which I think might be a sign that, that people are moving further north.
0: Now, I love the way that you're clearly from a marketing background. As soon as you mentioned about the school appearing to be in the middle of nowhere, it, it wasn't it's in the middle of nowhere, it appears to be in the middle of nowhere. So I wasn't yeah. at all surprised to hear you go on to talk about the, the good links. So I'm sure that you've explained that to a number of people <laughs> who who might otherwise be concerned that they are actually in the middle of nowhere and therefore you're inaccessible to a lot of places or emergency services
1: yeah no no exactly and i must say from a medical point of view we we couldn't get it any better we've got sedber medical practice on our doorstep um and obviously that's been hugely helpful during covid Mm. we're a 15 minute drive from from two of the major hospitals as well Mm. so it's we're we're covered in all areas but we're also in a very small community so there's sedber is a small town Mm. um so we do an awful lot of community outreach work building park benches doing charity work with some of the local charities meals on wheels for for local residents so the pupils very much become part of that wider community it's not just about the school community and so it is a very very special place
0: so tell us a little bit then about amkis you mentioned that you're vice chair there what actually is vice chair what do you do as vice chair
1: so me and the, the chair, Ollie, we, we meet on a, on a regular basis to, to go through some of the, the plans that are, that uh, Tori and her team are, are putting together for, for AMCUS and the, the growing of the conferences and the, the regional events that take place. and looking, obviously, at the financial side of things and uh, some of the exciting opportunities moving forward. But where we actually do the majority of our work is when we actually come together as a board three times a year where we'll we'll come together in in London and we'll look at the the plans that are in place we'll look at the the communication strategies that are put in place look at our numbers how many members we have so we were we were down in London just uh, just over a month ago having one of those one of those sessions with with other members of the board who come from all over the UK and most recently we we've just actually done some interviews uh, for new board members which were hoping to, to welcome to the board in May uh, this year. So it's um, it's very, very exciting from an AMCIS point of view as well it's Of opportunities there.
0: So that's board members. Tell us a little bit then about being a member of AMCIS or associated with AMCIS in any way at all. Why, why should someone be using the services of Amkis?
1: Well, I, I think certainly from the... Well, AMCIS has been going around for, for many years, but I think most recently in the last two years, the sort of collaboration and support that schools have given each other—it's never been as important. So there's been many, many regional, some regional, sorry, weekly meetings with with school representatives to share best practice, and I think that's one of the very, very valuable tools or mm. that that come from from AMCUS as a whole. But also the networking opportunities—you'll know from from attending some of the the conferences yourself as a as a as a corporate member that you meet loads of different schools, you meet other companies which you could potentially work with. And it's those connections which can actually make your job so much easier. Mm. So I will I will regularly have conversations with people who are maybe just looking at where best to list a marketing manager's job. And mm. I will obviously put them in touch with Amcas because mm. it's not just about the diploma certificates that we offer it's not just about the the conferences the regional events that we run and things like that it's all about those other additional services and sort of information that we can provide to help people that are that are working within marketing communications admissions and over the last few years we've seen abcus grow and it's it's continuing to grow which is which is amazing and all i can see moving forward is Amkis getting bigger and bigger.
0: So tell us a bit more then about the different events and services that Amkis provides. And I, I'm thinking about this, if you're able to answer this, almost from the point of view of, of being a, a school marketing director, as opposed to mm. vice chair at Amkis.
1: So, well, Amkis it runs, like like I said before, the, the annual conference, which takes place in May, where we will bring in guest speakers, we'll bring in representatives from schools to actually give case study examples of certain situations whether that is the challenges for prep school recruitment or whether it's improving your digital media campaigns improving your international recruitment numbers and things like that looking at diversity so there's there's many different topics that are covered throughout the main conference in particular but also we then do more specific events throughout the year so back in january we had an event for prep school in partnership with IAPS uh, that was held down in London, where obviously everything was specifically about uh, prep school recruitment and how to improve your social media presence, because there are schools within the membership of, of many different sizes. So there's lots that amcus have to consider in terms of content. So it can't just be all about senior school boarding. It has to also cover the day market, the international market. So in terms of resources that are available, the AMCUS team do a fantastic job looking at the ISC data, looking at the international data, with working closely with other other organizations which can be shared with all of its member schools. But I think what they do very well is, is, is also the diplomas and the certificates that are on offer. So these are specific courses that people can actually sign up for and get an official qualification through amcas which is recognized now by many many schools you will you will see for example on on job adverts for marketing roles admissions roles where they look at desirable qualifications not just marketing but also in an amcas qualification is generally on that list as well which is Mm. which is really really good and that's why we see our our courses and our diplomas selling out in terms of Uh, participants
0: so for someone listening to this who maybe is working in marketing maybe they've never worked in a marketing position in a school before or maybe they have but they've never been to the amkis conference they might be feeling slightly well almost intimidated about coming along thinking that everybody knows everybody and that that they're going to turn up and actually not know anybody what would you say to someone like that who's possibly looking into it quite keen on coming but feeling a bit apprehensive
1: yeah there's absolutely nothing to worry about at all. Um, I'm glad you said that. We do have a, <laughs> yeah, we have a we have a part uh, right at the start actually of the conference where we there's a more uh, a less infor- less formal sorry uh, introduction where we come together for a few drinks and that's people that are new to the sector because there are many many people joining from different backgrounds and anyone's welcome to join that. But that's just an opportunity to meet people that are either new to the sector or new to the conference itself. And have never been before, so you will meet people straight away and just have a have a casual glass of wine or a gin and tonic or or whatever your fancy is. It might be a glass of water, who knows? And that's a very soft sort of introduction to to the couple of days ahead in terms of all of the different courses, all the different talks that are on offer, and the breakout sessions, which are which are really really good. But yes, I I definitely encourage people that are new to the sector to come to these sort of events not just the main conference but also joining the networking bubble groups that are on offer through AMCUS because you will actually then build a small group of of representatives from different schools They may be competitors they may be they may not be competitors but people you can reach out to should you have a question I don't know about visas or about or has this what's this software like do you recommend using this software do you have any experience and those sort of questions you see coming up a lot through social media at the moment, through the AMCUS Facebook group that we have and through the LinkedIn group. And if you come to these sort of events, you know the people you can talk to very easily, the ones who are willing to help and support. And for mm. example, anyone is is can reach out to any member of the board. I mean, you can see the board members on the AMCUS website and mm. we'd be more than happy to put you in touch with someone regarding a, a certain situation or talk about certain platform or bit of software website company and so on
0: now some people arrive on the monday some people arrive the day before and come at come on sunday sort of sunday lunchtime and then they're there for the dinner on the sunday evening which would you recommend sunday or monday
1: well i'm going from the sunday i think it's great to i must say one of the best things about Amkus is the fact that it's a great opportunity to be out of the office and if you Mm -hmm. can and you have got the budget to bring your entire team with you I definitely recommend it because you can use that free time that you may have to actually have a bit of a team building exercise, to have a bit of a brainstorming session away from distraction, which I must say, I use that time to do that myself. So I bring a couple of members of my team down and we'll we'll have some discussions around what, what can we do moving forward. So the more time away from the office, I think the better in terms of just giving yourself an opportunity to really embrace what's going on and to step back and, and assess what you've been doing and what you want to do moving forward. So I would say the Sunday is definitely a, a good option. But mm. also for me, I am traveling that bit further. And now with it being down in, in the Cotswolds as well, I'm having to drive drive even further. <laughs> so I'll definitely be down there the day before.
0: Understood. David, we need to bring this to a close in a minute, but if people want to find you on social media, where's the best place they could do that?
1: Well, my preferred uh, social media is, is LinkedIn, so more than happy for anyone to, to add me on LinkedIn or, or send me a message through that, definitely. But you might see me cropping up on the Ampca's Facebook group or on, on other online groups within, within Facebook, so happy for you to, to connect with me through that as well.
0: You know, I'm quite reassured that you say that LinkedIn is is your is one of your preferred platforms because most of the time, whenever I'm on LinkedIn, I I see that you're very active on there. And if you were going to say that that's one of your quieter social media platforms, then <laughs> then, then, then yeah, I'd, I'd be feeling quite insignificant as a result. So so yeah, I'm I'm reassured to hear you say that.
1: That's good. That's good,
0: David. I got one last question. Actually, you mentioned earlier that you had your own business age 14. What was that?
1: So that was a, that was a memorabilia business. So I used to organize private signing sessions with celebrities, used to stand outside hotels, used to stand outside music arenas, um, to then got to a stage where it wasn't me standing in the cold anymore. I managed to get someone to do that for me. Um, So so that was a, I must say it was, it was more of a hobby in the end. And I'm very fortunate to still hold on to, to quite a, a great collection of, of memorabilia which is some of it's on display some of it's in storage but interests change as you get older and i've now moved into whiskey investment and, and collecting that so that's my mm. that's my area right now
0: gosh I, I know i never thought your answer would be that i was expecting lemonade or something like that that's that's very impressive <laughs> <laughs> maybe we, we do need to bring it to a close but thanks for your time thanks for sharing your thoughts on amkis sharing your thoughts on sedburn what it's like there but also giving us an insight into your life. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at the conference in May. Thank you very much.
1: That's great. Thank you very
0: much, Simon. Thank you. Take care. So that was David Milner, Vice Chair at AMCIS and Director at SEDBA. Thank you, David, for talking to us today. It's really good to get your take on the annual conference. By the way, you don't need to be an AMCIS member to attend the annual conference. So if you're not yet a member and you wanted to check it out with no commitment, then it could be a great opportunity for you now this podcast is brought to you by the bonjour agency we provide podcasts for school marketing that means that your school could have its own podcast as a way of connecting with your school community such as current parents pupils staff and your alumni network deeper connections ultimately lead to more prospective parents and that's never a bad thing to find out more just visit thebonjouragency.com or you can ask Tori and I'm sure that she'll put you in touch with me I'm Simon Jones But that's enough about us. Thank you for listening to this episode. The next one will be out soon so make sure you follow or subscribe so that you don't miss out and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.